0: Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 190 of Sorta Awesome. And I did just mention that you can find us on Instagram. I want to say it again because we would really love to have you join us over there if you haven't already. Not only will you get the heads up every time a new episode drops for both our Friday episodes and our Tuesday bonus extra awesome episodes, you'll also find our weekly Awesome of the Week thread and of course, all of our awesomes know-how posts that we share over there. So again, if you haven't joined us on Instagram, come on over and find us at Sorta Awesome Show. This is episode 190 and I want to give all of you awesomes a big heads up that this episode is meant for grown-ups only. We know that lots and lots of you love to listen to Sort of Awesome along with your kids, your little awesomes in training. But for this week's episode, we want you to be mindful of the fact that if you have little ears around, we are going to be talking about marriage and long-term relationships and intimacy. In fact, I'm joined this week by an enthusiastic expert on the topic, Caitlin Domner, and we're going to dive right in to what Caitlin and her husband, Michael, have written about intimacy in their brand new book. So even if you've been, especially if you've been married for a long time, this is the episode for you. You guys, this is the first time in four years of creating a girlfriend chat for you every single week that we've ever covered the topic of sex. And we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. So again, I just wanted to let you all know, just a little heads up, if you have little ears around, this episode is definitely meant for the grown-ups only. So we're going to get to all of that talk. Thankfully, you all can't see me right now because I'm already blushing.
1: <laughs> but Caitlin, welcome to Sorta Awesome. Thank you so much, Meg. I'm really excited. And I will freely admit that I blush almost every time I mention the fact that I have written this book. It still catches me <laughs> off guard. <laughs> Oh, that makes me feel so much better. It truly does.
0: (laughs) I cannot wait for you all to hear what Caitlin has to share. She and her husband really have put together a very exciting, very, I would say, very awesome encouragement and guide and practical book that is going to inspire some new stuff, I think, for you in this part of your life. And I can't wait for us to get to all of that. We are going to get there in just a few minutes. But first, Caitlin and I are going to go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. You all know this is the moment in the show where we talk about the books or TV shows, the movies, the products, whatever we're loving that's making life a little bit more awesome for us right now. So Caitlin, I can't wait to hear what you brought to Sorta Awesome.
1: Yes. And since we only get to talk about sex once every four years, I'm going to make it all about it today. All right. So when I wrote this book, I was simply writing from my own experience. But as a result, I started on this beautiful journey of reclaiming my femininity, reclaiming my right to pleasure. And one of the books that somebody recommended to me after I had written my book was called Pussy which I blush at that one too but it's called A Reclamation and her name is Regina Thomas Hour she's better known as Mama Gina but it's kind of this amazing exploration of kind of reclaiming our femininity our power and connecting with pleasure as that way to get better in touch with our bodies better in touch with our desires and it has freed me up to be a lot more open about talking about this topic in general, but also prioritizing pleasure in every area of my life. So I'm really enjoying that book. That sounds amazing. And that is definitely a topic
0: that I think, as women, I mean, just culturally speaking, there has not been a really open conversation Definitely. I wouldn't think for like our mother's generation, our grandmother's generation, but I even look around, I mean, I'm 41 and I look around at my peers and I don't think this is something that we have ever really had access to like really open conversations about. So that book sounds amazing. Yeah. So good. So good. So I will definitely put a link into the show notes for Pussy, and you all can go and check it out for yourselves if that is kind of piquing your interest in something that you would want to check out
1: too. And I will say, do make sure when you go on Amazon to type in the entire title, Pussy (laughs) A Reclamation (laughs) Book, right? Because I made the mistake of just typing in Pussy on Amazon and oh Lord. My eyes were never the same again
0: after that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for that warning. I definitely also would have gone down the trail of like, oh no, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. And also all of my kids have access to our Amazon account. (laughs) So it would be, you know. It could get complicated.
1: Yes. (laughs) Do this in an ignognito browser, right? Whatever it takes. (laughs) So great. So great.
0: Well, I have to say that my awesome of the week is going to take a little bit of a turn. (laughs) It's definitely not intimacy inspired. Guys, we have so much to talk about. So just hang tight for that. But I did want to tell you that my awesome of the week this week is a YouTube channel and it's called the minimal mom. So we just released a new episode in our awesome overflow series. We put that out once a month for our Patreon supporters. We just kind of talk about the things that we're really into, but they didn't quite make it on this show on one of the regular sort of awesome episodes. So in last month's awesome overflow, I talked about how I have finally, after years of everybody in my family loving YouTube and everybody has like their favorite YouTubers in my family. And I've always been like, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get this whole YouTube thing. I have finally seen the light. And so I have kind of started watching YouTube. I mostly watch it either when I'm getting ready in the mornings or when I'm winding down at night. And one of my favorite channels is called The Minimal Mom. The host is named Dawn. She and her husband have four kids. And she really approaches the idea of minimalism as like a survival tactic. Mm -hmm. As you know, Caitlin with Family Life, like, oh my goodness the amount of stuff that accumulates if you're not paying attention. I'm right now going through the whole nesting mode of pregnancy as we're getting ready for our Sith baby to get here in June. I'm like...
1: Oh, congratulations.
0: Thank you. But I'm like fully nesting. Everything has to get out of this house. (laughs) (laughs) Everything needs to go. And then I'm going to organize what's left. So I really appreciate Dawn's approach on the Minimal Mom channel because. One thing that does bother me about YouTube is it can be so like materialism driven. Mm. You know, like even some of the channels that my twins watch that do all the like toy unboxings. and Oh my Lord, you know. what
1: is with that? My children will watch random adults open toys all day long. Yes, I know. And my twins are six and they're like the prime audience
0: for this because they will watch these unboxings and then they're like mom we got to go to target we got to go to target and they'll like make a list of all of these things and I'm like oh my goodness (laughs) this is how it happens and then my girls my teenage girls like to watch they have their makeup youtubers that they like so Uh they're always like can I get this palette and this And I'm like I didn't when I was 14 I did not even know what an eyeshadow palette was (laughs) (laughs) right Mm -hmm. so anyway What I do appreciate is that with this channel, The Minimal Mom, she's really kind of going counterculture against that for YouTube, because she's all about what can you get rid of? What can you live without and still have a really fun and fulfilling family life? So anyway, I'm going to drop some links not only to her main channel, but some links to some of my favorite videos that she has done that I think you all will enjoy too. So again, that's The Minimal Mom on YouTube. So Those are awesomes of the week for Caitlin and I, as you know, every week, we like to open up the floor for you all to share with us what's awesome in your life. We do that, like I said, over on Instagram. We also do this every single Friday morning in our awesome hangout group on Facebook. So if you all haven't joined us, we would love to have you join us over there. We now have more than 5,000 women who are in there daily, super active, supporting each other, asking questions, answering questions, just really trying to kind of accompany each other in this journey through life. So if you haven't joined us in the Facebook group, we'd love to have you at facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome hangout. Hey, awesomes spring is here. And as we get busier, we also get a little bit more tempted to hit up the drive through to grab a quick dinner for ourselves and our family. But no worries, Green Chef is here to rescue you. Remember, Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. With Green Chef, it's easy to eat well and discover new recipes every week that you'll love to cook. Their meal plans include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, Mediterranean, heart smart, lean and clean, keto, gluten-free, and omnivore. The recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. With Green Chef, you always enjoy clean ingredients that you can trust seasonally sourced for peak freshness let green chef do the meal planning grocery shopping and most of the prep for you week after week my family loves the family omnivore plan where you're going to find amazing recipes like veggie quesadillas and the greek chicken flatbread that we all loved so you guys, don't wait. Get started with Green Chef now. You're going to get $50 off of your first box of Green Chef when you go to greenchef.us slash sortaawesome. Again, that is $50 off of your first box of Green Chef when you go to greenchef.us slash sortaawesome. Awesomes spring is the perfect time to refocus on taking care of yourself and care of is back to help you spring into a healthy routine. I love care of their subscription service that makes it easy to get vitamins, protein powders, and more. They're all personalized just for you and delivered straight to your door. This is the perfect time of year to give yourself an extra boost, whether you're looking for more energy, better sleep to maintain stress or something else that helps you feel your awesomest and your healthiest. Care/of's fun online quiz asks you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices. I promise it only takes five minutes to find out your personal, scientifically-backed recommendations for vitamins, protein powders, and more. Care/of knows it can be really hard to know what vitamins or supplements you should be taking. And so they want to make it really easy to find out what you specifically need to be your healthiest. When I took the online quiz, of course, they told me that I needed a good prenatal, which I have been taking and I love. It's one of the few prenatals that doesn't make me sick at all. And now Care-of offers protein powders available in individual packets. It's all personalized to your fitness goals and your dietary preferences. So Awesomes, for 50% off of your first Care-of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code AWESOME50. So once again, that's 50% off of your first Care-of order just for you awesomes when you go to takecareof.com and enter code AWESOME50. That's AWESOME50. Thank you, Care-of. Okay, Caitlin, I am so excited. (laughs) Again, a little blushy, a
1: little sweaty. (laughs) Yeah. And hopefully it will have good dividends this evening, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly.
0: Okay, well, let's kind of start at the beginning because I would love for us to really start with where the idea for this book, and I don't even think I said the name of the book. The name of the book is Sex Every Day, and it is written by you and your husband. You all Mm -hmm. read it together. Let's kind of just get a little backstory, both about you and Michael, your marriage, and
1: then how this book came to be. Mm, Yes, definitely. And I will say, I wrote the Her version, and my husband wrote the For Him version, and we include both of them in the book. So it's kind of that old fashioned, if you read it one direction, you get the hers when you flip it upside down, like kind of 1980s oh thing, God. you get to read yes. the him version on the back. So that was really fun getting to design that layout. But we really felt like there were different messages that needed to be shared with the different spouses. Absolutely. So, yes. yes. You and your partner can both literally be on the same page. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. So smart. So in terms of how we met, that is a really fun story because we met at a mime camp. I'm not joking. It was this Christian (laughs) mime ministry summer camp in Ventura, California. And I was 14 and he was 16. I grew up in San Diego. He grew up in Apple Valley and we really hit it off. I would say we were really good friends for a couple of years, but because we were three hours apart, never took it anywhere. And then I discovered he was dating somebody else. And I was like, well, now's not the time to share that you're in love with him. (laughs) Yes. And then they got engaged and it was definitely off the table. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yes. I think we have definitely all
0: been there where we're like, (laughs) like, okay, well, there's the one who's literally going to get away. Right. Exactly. (laughs) The one that got away for sure.
1: Yeah. So he was kind of that first love who got away. It didn't work out. He had a son with his first wife and a couple of years later, they got a divorce and I went on my way. And several years later, I had this compelling dream that we were chatting and he saw his lawn girl coming up and he said, oh, that's my girlfriend. You have to leave so you don't ruin this relationship like you ruined my marriage. And I just woke All up right. in a cold sweat going, oh, good Lord, evidently I have some unresolved angst around this, (laughs) I should reach out. And so I reached out to his mom who I had kept in touch with, got his cell phone number and we reconnected far from closing that chapter of my life. We ended up getting married less than a year later. So I really feel incredibly grateful that we got a second chance and do not take that for granted.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is incredible. (laughs)
1: So that wedding was about 10 years ago. We got married December 2008. And this book was written on our 10th anniversary. We went to Costa Rica for five days and wrote it on a laptop laying on the beach. And it was kind of born as a result of a conversation that I had with some girlfriends. And I had mentioned just in passing, oh, yeah, my husband and I have sex every day. And they were like, wait, what? And then I stopped.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure like all of the records scratched as everybody was like, wait, say that again? Did you really say
1: that? And then I was like, wait, you don't? Like it was an equal like paradigm shift. And so as I was explaining to them, kind of just practically speaking, how this works, I realized that we had unconsciously built a system, kind of a three part system that really is what made it feel very natural, very organic and very easy for us to follow that. And so the book was actually quite easy to write once we had gotten clear on the topic. That is so interesting. So basically
0: you and Michael were already living this out in your marriage Mm -hmm. and maybe not even realizing that it was a little bit unusual. (laughs) So when it came to, you know, just first your close group of girlfriends being like, what did you say? How does this work? How could that possibly be reality? Mm -hmm. It sounds like a matter of just like, okay, this is what we've been doing. This is how it works for us. And then literally just kind of putting it to paper. Exactly. To share with others. Yeah, absolutely. That is really great. I love that. I love that it really came from an organic place Mm -hmm. for you guys in your marriage. So I totally love too, that you have both the his and her section, because I do think so often when it comes to talking about sex so much of the information can either be either totally like geared for couples to read together and there is no differentiation, or it's like what you read in a women's magazine that's just for women or what you read in a men's magazine, it's just for men, Mm -hmm. that the way that you all have combined it together, I love that. Like you said that you guys are like, it makes it to where you can literally be on the same Mm -hmm. page as your partner when it comes to this. Yeah. So great. Well, I know that when we talk about as women, often when we are chatting with our girlfriends Mm -hmm. about these things, if it does come up, because I mean, of course, this is a hugely like vulnerable area of life to talk about. Mm -hmm. Some of us may even not want to talk about it with our girlfriends. You know, Mm -hmm. we all have our own baggage too, of like, some of us are more open than others. Some of us may be like, no, you don't talk about that ever with anybody. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. So I do know that when the topic comes up and women are sitting around and talking to each other, that some of the biggest obstacles that comes up when we talk about, you know, are we having enough sex? Mm -hmm. Is this normal? Is our frequency enough? Is there something wrong with us? Are we doing this right? Mm -hmm. Some of the biggest obstacles I think that I hear for women are, you know, I don't have enough time Mm -hmm. to work sex into my life. I don't have the energy. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of women, it gets into an area of like, I just don't even have the desire. Yes. So, and I'm sure as you have prepared this book and talked to people and all of the research that you've done, I'm sure you've come up against these three big issues too. I would love for you to say more about how you've confronted these Mm -hmm. things in marriage, and then kind of like, what's your general advice for women as they're working through some of these big obstacles?
1: Oh, I love this question. And I will say one of the things that I really enjoyed about this book is that this book is a conversation starter. It's a conversation starter for you and your partner to talk about expectations. It's a conversation starter for you and your girlfriends to talk about this. I have had some of the most beautiful conversations develop. As I started sharing this side of my life, I think it's something that people are hungry to talk about, but don't have a classy way to initiate that sort of a conversation. So yeah, I really am grateful that we got to do the book just from that standpoint alone, because I do think that as we talk about it, we recognize that these are very normal things. But because we don't talk about them, there's no way to normalize our experiences. Right. And so for time, energy, and desire, and I'll tackle them one at a time. Well, you know what? Let me tackle them in reverse order because I think desire is the big one that I think that there's been a lot of myths around desire since like that Victorian era that women don't want sex as much as guys do. Mm -hmm. And what we have found is it's not so much that we don't want pleasure, we don't want to orgasm just as frequently as our menfolk do, but it's simply that we're not accustomed to asking for it. We're not accustomed mm. to prioritizing ourselves in general. And so the third rule in the book is she comes first. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> interesting. I find that women tend to take a little bit longer to get there. We're very responsive creatures. And so whereas our husband is like, yeah, absolutely. I'll love sex. And five minutes later, they're ready to come. We take a little bit of wooing and sometimes and so for us it's by prioritizing our pleasure first, making sure that if entrees are served, and I'll talk about the menu later, But that if we are going to both orgasm, that by putting me first, Michael is helping me psychologically, physiologically, giving me time for my body to just Mm -hmm. warm up, lubricate, get excited. And it really allows me to enjoy and look forward to it just as much as he does. So what we say in the men's section is, guys, if your wife is not as interested in this, make sure that she's orgasming every day. because. If women hear sex every day and they're thinking, "Oh, that's just intercourse every day." Right. We discovered in our research that over 65% of women don't orgasm through intercourse. Yeah. That's not how we take our pleasure. And so, we had to open up the definition of what sex is and move focus from an achievement to an experience and connection. And so, just really thinking through, "How can I prioritize my pleasure?" How can I ask for what I want? How can I make that a consistent thing in my life? Which I think then leads into the energy piece. Because sex every day, if you are out of practice, it can feel like an energy depleter. Mm -hmm. At the end of your day, you're exhausted. You've been working with the kids all day. I've got four kids myself, and the littles are seven, five, and three. So I absolutely understand that at the end of the day, you may not feel sexy right off the bat. And so the analogy that I use is think of it as going to the gym. You need to be proactive at the beginning to schedule this. There's going to be some resistance. It's going to be an energy depleter for a couple of weeks. You're going to be more tired after going to the gym. But if you stick with it and you have this as now a daily habit, what you're going to find is on the back end after a couple of weeks, it's an energy rejuvenator. It's going to be giving you energy instead of taking it away. And so my husband and I have accomplished a lot. We have a business that we run together. We published this book in a couple of months and launched it. And I think that my energy level is very closely connected to my sexual intimacy life. I think that you can actually get more energy. And then that leads into the time. How do you prioritize the time? And this is different for every person finding that time of day, whether it's in the morning before the kids wake up or after we put the kids to bed. Our kids are little, so they do go to bed kind of by eight o'clock. Everybody's doors are closed and mommy and daddy get their own time. If you have older kids, you might need to be a little bit more open. That mommy and daddy are locking the bedroom yeah. and trust me, you don't want to knock, right? <laughs> and by the way, here's some headphones. Listen to your MP3 player, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, they're ideally, like I said, I can get the kids to bed by eight. I have some transition time. Personally, I really love hot baths listening to a YouTube or a podcast or reading a book in the tub and just mentally and physically cleansing the day off. Sometimes there's poopy diapers and there's vomit and there's all kinds of stuff. It's very not sexy. So that kind of evening ablution really kind of, it's my transition time. So I think a lot of women should have their own ritual of transition from mommy mode into wife and woman mode. Yeah. I love that idea of having a
0: ritual that allows you to transition. Mm -hmm. I remember after my oldest daughter was born, even when she was, you know, after we got the six week go ahead (laughs) to get back to it, I remember that being such a huge struggle because I had my whole days were just consumed with Mm -hmm. caring for this tiny human. Yes. And it was so hard mentally to switch out of mommy gear and, out of like the mommy mindset Mm -hmm. and get back into just being my own self, let alone, you know, having sex with my husband, just like remembering who I was as a person was so hard in those early days. And, you know, something I think that lots of us struggle with, with different things, whether or not it is parenthood, or maybe we have a high stress job, Mm -hmm. or, you know, we're dealing with parents and their medical issues, just all of the things that consume our days, it can be so hard for us as women, I think, to shift those gears. So I love the idea that you're encouraging, like build in to this part of your life, some transition time. It's okay that you're not ready to go like that. Yeah. You know, it's okay that you need some time. And honestly, the way you were describing it, I was like, this sounds to me like self-care, which is it what, is. you know, all of us are talking about right yes. now. Mm-hmm is really taking the time to, you know, engage with what it is. I'm also, I'm like you, I love a hot bath. Some people don't like baths. So maybe for them, it's something totally different, but something that kind of signals to both your body and your mind. Okay. We're going to leave all the other stuff of the day Mm -hmm. behind and do something that is going to bring some pleasure, some release, like a new...
1: (laughs) You know, a movie or like a fantasy novel usually has some intolating portions that are fantastic before bedtime. Absolutely. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. I love that. That just
0: makes so much sense. And I also love to how holistically you're looking at this Mm -hmm. because truly as women, our mental life, our emotional life, it's all really so deeply connected Mm -hmm. to our sexual health and well-being. But we too often just like compartmentalize and do not allow ourselves to engage in something that is totally just pleasure that we get to experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all of this is landing so much. It makes oh, so much sense. good, I'm
1: so glad.
0: I know that as you all were putting together the book, Sex mm-hmm. Every Day, That one of the big things that you all kind of came up with, and maybe this is what you were alluding to earlier in your story, is that you have a kind of menu Mm -hmm. that you all have put together to help make it really a practical thing as we're thinking about, like, what can we do if we're having sex every day? Like, what do you do? (laughs) Beyond the basics. I mean, I'm about to have my fifth baby. I know how it works, but, but... Beyond this sort of basics, like if you're having sex every day, what
1: are you actually doing? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And for us, that's where that redefinition of sex is so helpful. So broadening the scope of what this means. and so, while I would say orgasm every day was probably the more accurate title for the book. It was not gonna fly on a publicity set. <laughs> but what's helpful is setting aside a particular end. As the objective, and simply saying every day. So, rule number two is you enjoy and you give something from the menu every night or every day. And it doesn't have to be sexual in the traditional sense. It doesn't have to be intercourse or a blowjob or a hand job or all those other things, right? It could just be right. I really want to just have you run your hands over me because I'm exhausted or a massage. And so, the menu actually was developed very early on in our marriage, because as you might have picked up, I love to talk. <laughs> <And> <laughs> my husband does not, especially around very sensitive topics like sex. And whereas I'm very much an open book, and I do find that communication around the topic of sex with your partner can be extremely highly charged. And you can accidentally step on somebody's ego even when you're not intending to. And so the menu was this elaborate metaphor that I created as a way for us to talk about this in a safe and open manner that didn't have that emotional energy around it. So somebody might ask, Well, do you want sex tonight? Right. And that's a very yes or no, black or white. And you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. Well, the menu is built. As a four course option. So there's appetizers, which is foreplay and flirting and texting and words of affirmation is my personal favorite appetizer because that refills my emotional cup. So I'm ready to be physically intimate. Mm -hmm. Then we go into side dishes, which is everything that goes alongside entrees, which entrees are what gets us there to the climax itself. So those are the classics that most people think of as sex. But side dishes are candlelight or music. Or in my case, my favorite again is fantasy. Because if my brain is not engaged in this activity, I can't get there. Like (laughs) I'm planning meals and I'm responding to people's emails and I'm checking my to do list for tomorrow. My brain is everywhere except in the bed with me. Yes. And so fantasy is how we have anchored my presence in there and actually remember ah yes this is where i'm at and this is what's happening and fantasy can be just simple narration like oh i love running my hands over your body and my head is thinking oh yeah look he's running his hands over my body right so the side dishes come very helpful and i like to joke that michael and i are actually quite vanilla in our choices like hand jobs are usually like standard fare like our meat and potatoes sex but i like to joke that we've probably done it every possible way imaginable in our imaginations. So you get the kind of beauty of standard operating procedure, but you also get the flavor on top of all of these exotic fantasies on top of it. And so it really allows you to, I think, have your cake and eat it too in terms of novelty and what we know works and what's very efficient. Right. <laughs> Efficiency is the word what? I'm going for. Yes. Yes. I like that because
0: you're so right. And sometimes we just need a different vocabulary. Yes. Either it is because, you know, it could be awkward to talk about or because we might accidentally miscommunicate something. I love just having a different vocabulary to mm-hmm. use with it. And I really love that you've expanded the whole idea of what is sex? Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? And this whole spectrum of things that we're talking about, different activities and you know, different things that we're engaging in, mm-hmm. because I think so often we really do just zero in on the intercourse part mm-hmm. when really there's so many other things and so many other ways to enjoy each other yes. in these intimate ways with our partners. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Yeah.
1: And I forgot to mention the fourth category is desserts. As you might've expected, so that <laughs> my husband enjoys a good back scratch afterwards, right? So it's a way of kind of prolonging the experience and you can use the way that we initiate it, just to give you guys a little bit more context. If you've had it every night or you're starting after you haven't had sex for a long time, we always start the conversation every night with what would you like from the menu? And either partner can ask the question, but it's a very open-ended question. And it could be I just want one appetizer. It can be I want a full four course meal with seconds, right? Mm -hmm. So you can kind of pick your appetite. But then the other partner responds with, well, what's on the menu? Because let's be honest, not everything is on the menu every night. Sometimes you've just got to 86 a couple dishes. So yeah. it kind of is this opportunity for mutual invitation and dialogue about what's available. So if Michael asks me, what would you like from the menu? I'll ask, well, what's on the menu? And he can create kind of a combo platter. Yeah. And I get to pick what I want from that as well. That is so smart. I love that. (laughs) It's a really good way to be able to
0: communicate it without having, like, feel like you have to explain yourself, like, gosh, I had such a hard day. I'm really only up for an appetizer Mm -hmm. to that, you know, like Mm -hmm. you can just like get right to it and communicate more effectively, but without having to like drag any, you know, guilt or whatever Mm -hmm. into it. It's just clear cut. So that makes so much sense. Awesome. So when was the last time that you got dressed for the day in something that was as comfortable as pajamas? but also looked totally dressy and completely work appropriate. I'm here to tell you that such a unicorn exists and it is the Dress Pant Yoga Pant from Beta Brand. You guys, I've never worn anything like these dress pant yoga pants. They are completely wrinkle resistant and they have a four-way stretch Ponte knit fabric. And they really do look like dress pants with all of the details like faux zippers, pockets, front buttons, belt loops, everything that you would need to look work appropriate. Plus they have tons of shapes and sizes. There's boot cut, straight leg, skinny, cropped, and all kinds of colors to choose from, including black, navy, gray, khaki, and of course some limited edition colors too. In fact, they have so many styles and colors, it was really hard for me to choose from their huge selection. I ended up with the gray boot cut dress pants because you know I can't resist a good boot cut. And unlike other dress pants or jeans that you just can't wait to get out of at the end of the day, these really are so comfortable. You're going to find that you're reaching for them more often than anything in your closet. Millions of women agree that these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. So awesome. If you are ready to check them out yourselves, visit betabrand.com awesome. That's all lowercase A W E A-W-E-S-O-M-E S O M E to get 20% off of yours. Beta betabrand.com, B E T A B R A N D.com slash awesome to get 20% off of your dress pants, yoga pants. So I am so curious as you all have started to spread this message of sex every day and bringing more intimacy, more fulfillment, more pleasure into this very important part of our lives. When you're talking to other people and you're really floating this idea out there about having sex every day. And again, just like with that beautiful, full expanded idea of what that means, Mm -hmm. what is the most commonly asked question? What do people ask you the most (laughs) when you start to talk about this?
1: And then like, kind of how have you started to respond to this, you know, frequently asked question? Yes, I totally get that. And the biggest question is really? Like there's this, (laughs) it's just this total incredulity. Like, no, no, you can't really have had sex every day for 10 years.
0: (laughs) So funny.
1: I always do. Like, no, he travels, I travel. We've had stomach flus, right? There people get sick. So I think the way it's helpful. So number one, we talk about the redefining sex. But the other thing is understanding that this is a daily habit and we give ourselves a lot of grace. So, Mm -hmm. if we miss a night or we're apart from each other or somebody's vomiting, right? Mm -hmm. I've realized I've talked about throwing up twice on a sexy podcast. I'm like, this is not great. (laughs) But truly, like, that's just the reality of life, you know? (laughs) But I think that it's important to. Recognize that we want this to become a habit and it's not a legalistic requirement. It's not, and admittedly, there are circumstances like when you're pregnant. Some people like me, I got more, my libido went through the roof. Like I love being sexy while I was pregnant. Other women, they're like, don't touch me, don't even get near me. So, absolutely always honor your own body. And so, really giving yourself a lot of grace, exploring what you do and don't like giving yourself permission, if you're not an intercourse kind of gal, giving yourself permission to try other dishes from the menu and that being perfectly acceptable. And just yeah, I think it really is. Yes, prioritize pleasure. It doesn't have to be about checking an orgasm box every day. But just how can Hmm. you be more intentional about prioritizing pleasure in your bedroom, which will result in prioritizing pleasure in other areas of your life? And that self care that you talked about, I think is really important and beautiful. And as that begins to unfold, you're going to see a lot of other beautiful things shift in terms of family dynamic, your own beliefs about your self worth and self esteem get addressed. And yeah, it's just, I think it's that reprioritization of putting yourself a little bit higher in the queue than most of us do. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. I think it's one of those things that there's like a trickle-down
0: effect when you are able to start with getting in touch with your own desire, your own pleasure, that that can begin to unlock other things that are going on in your life. And again, holistically bring maybe some healing to past hurts and whatever, but also for the present and in the future going forward, you maybe have a little bit more of a firm sense of who you are and what you're after, even in areas that have nothing to do with sex or relationships, but just that conscious connection with yourself. It really does kind of mm-hmm. like start to spill out into other parts of your life. Absolutely. I'm so curious about this too, because you did, you and Michael based this on your actual lived out experience in your marriage before it ever became a book. So I would love to know what has been the biggest surprise for you in your life, in your
1: marriage that has come from having sex as often as you do? Mm, It's a really fun question. I don't think anybody's asked me that. I think it comes back to what you just touched on, which is the implications for our self image. So like I said, when we started having sex every day it actually kind of the seed was planted for me when I was back in junior high or high school, I found a random cosmopolitan type magazine, where the article Uh was talking about how a girlfriend has sex every day with her husband. And the author says, well, no wonder he thinks she walks on water. No wonder he lights up every time she walks in the room. And I was like, well, I want my husband to light up when I walk in the room. Like, <laughs> is that all this takes? I'm pretty sure I can do that. So I had set this intention almost subconsciously very early on that uh, having sex every day was going to be just a normal in my marriage. There's so many things that want to all come out of my mouth at the same time. I will say, growing up, I did not view myself as a very beautiful person. I had, as I think most of us do, a very awkward adolescent phase. (laughs) Oh my gosh, all of us, yes. (laughs) So I had the bushy, curly hair that had to be cropped in school photos and I had the Coke bottle glasses and I had the acne and the braces and I always felt overweight because I always hung out with the cute, popular gymnast girls, right? So I'm comparing myself constantly. So all of those things really led me to have sort of the ugly duckling Mindset of myself. And I also was raised in a pretty conservative Christian environment where modesty was really highly praised and you didn't want to flaunt your body. And so all of that sort of led so that when I did marry Michael, I didn't feel particularly beautiful. I didn't have a lot of personal self confidence. And what I have found, and this is not a direct correlation from sex, I suppose that you could have sex every day and not be in an unconditional loving relationship. Sure. For Michael and I, the sex every day was kind of went hand in hand with this unconditional loving relationship that we had found. And the fact that he was incredibly attracted to me physically, that he found me beautiful, he found me exquisite was kind of the first verb or adjective he used when we the first time we were together. He's like, you're exquisite. And so that affirmation that I am beautiful, I am desirable, I am desired. That was really important with healing that deeper wound inside of me. I do think that as women, beauty is very deeply aligned with kind of how we're wired. And so if we don't believe that we're beautiful, There's always slight misalignment in our self-confidence and how we present ourselves. And so I will say in the 10 years that I've been married to Michael, the outward manifestation has come out where I am much more personally confident. I am much more aware of my body, my physicality, taking care of myself, caring for how I look, choosing my clothes better. I think it's pretty objectively real. If I could show you two pictures, like the before and the after, it's pretty objectively realistic that I'm much more attractive now at 34 than I was at 24. (laughs) And just that radiance, right? I radiate charisma and attraction. Whereas before I was always trying to diminish my light, hide my presence, don't Mm. attract attention, especially male attention. And now going, ah, this is me, right? I fully expect that every male who is within my radius recognizes my glory. (laughs) (laughs) And so just owning that, that side of myself, I think for me, that has been my biggest surprise and delight that has kind of gone hand in hand with this issue. That is so fantastic. And a surprise to me to hear that was not what I was expecting Mm -hmm. for you to
0: share at all, but it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. It really does. Okay, before we wrap up, I was wondering if you could take a moment for people who are listening right now who are thinking like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, (laughs) this sounds great and I want that, but I genuinely don't know where to start. (laughs) What, you know, like this could feel really exciting for a lot of people, but it could feel Mm -hmm. really overwhelming too. Yeah. So just kind of as our, again, our enthusiastic expert here talking about this, what advice do you have for people who are like, they're interested, but they're definitely beginners in this Mm -hmm. practice? What would you say to them?
1: Absolutely. And so I do think, I mean, this is not just self-promotion. I do think that purchasing the book is a good first start so that you and your partner can just start the dialogue. Yeah. Another piece that's going to be really helpful is acknowledging if there are deeper issues. So if there has been trauma, if there's been cheating, if there's been wounds that need to be healed, as Michael and I say, think of this system as like frosting. You put it on an otherwise perfectly delicious Mm. cake. But if there are deeper things that you might want to talk to a therapist about, by all means, do that too. Yeah. And then from an easy first step, rule number one in the book is sleep naked. Mm. And that was something that Michael initiated for us as soon as we got married and the sleeping naked, it may feel uncomfortable at first, but I find that from an efficiency standpoint, you're, I'm very practical, right? It helps <laughs> when you're already halfway there. <laughs> and so getting to see yourself naked in the morning and in the evening, having your husband see you naked. I think most guys tend to be very visually stimulated. So that mutual nudity is really great to get them excited. And like I said, you're kind of halfway there. And so initiating intimacy becomes a little bit easier when you're sleeping naked every night.
0: That is a great practical tip. Mm-hmm.
1: It's something that I definitely
0: used to practice a long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we had <laughs> children, I'm like thinking, huh, could I like hang a robe right by the door? Exactly. You better believe it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bathrooms <laughs> become critical. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that is so great. That's so great. That's really good and practical. And I love that you touched on the piece that some of us may need to really engage in some bigger picture therapeutic healing Mm -hmm. before we're ready to take up this particular challenge. So I think that's a great acknowledgement of that. So, oh my goodness, we have talked so much about the book. So before we wrap up, let's do make sure to tell everybody where they can go and actually Mm -hmm. find you and Michael's book.
1: Our website is www.sexeverydaybook.com. Not only is there the link to purchase the hardcover book itself, but we also have a suite of free resources. I said suite as in S-U-I-T-E, but (laughs) it is sweet resources. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll get the Kindle or PDF version. So if you prefer to read electronically, or you just don't want to wait for the book to arrive in the mail, you can get that immediately. We have kind of a contract for the two-week trial. If you just want to try this out with your partner, It just walks through the three principles, sleep naked, give and receive something from the menu, and she comes first. So you guys can both say, yes, we're in. It has a printable version of our menu, so it can start the dialogue. We strongly encourage you to make your own. But this is a great kind of stepping off point for you to go. We have some energy clearing, kind of meditative MP3s that you can go through that my coach created for us that you can listen to and get in the mood. So there's just a lot of really yummy goodies. You can also go to Facebook. We have our Facebook page where we post information, but we have private his and her groups. So sex every day for women group and a sex every day for men group. And this is a great place where Michael and I are actively engaged. If you have any questions, logistical or mindset, we can respond. It's just a safe, sacred place for our readers to be open about their relationship in those groups.
0: That is truly awesome that you all are not only creating the material to kind of get people going, but then there to really coach them along the way. That is really brilliant. Like I said, a lot of us maybe don't even have a trusted girlfriend or somebody in their life that they can really be like, I need to have some real talk about sex right now. So (laughs) the fact that, you know, one of the amazing things about technology is that we can meet in these places online and maybe share things that we wouldn't feel comfortable sharing in our regular group. Mm -hmm. So great. So Caitlin, thank you so much for taking the time to come and share this. Like I said, four years almost of sort of awesome, and we've never gone here before, but truly you're the perfect person to come and help us kind of feel like, you know what? I think I might give this
1: a try. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Meg, for having me. And yes, I would love to hear how this works out for all the listeners. Check in with me and let me know how it serves you. Definitely,
0: definitely. Well, Awesomes, remember that you can find me on social media at Sorta of Awesome Meg. The show is over on Twitter at Sorta of Awesome Pod, and you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash sort Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer, and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at Progermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com.